Hello, everybody. It's your old pal, Rob. Welcome to another podcast. Um, we've been doing this a while, and I'm kind of glad that we're back, even though we took a little bit of a break uh, due to illness. And, uh, you know, I'm still fighting through things. Like, you know, it's it's old news around here. But uh, I'm, I'm going to just keep plugging along. Today, today, we... We really, in the light of everything that's going on with um, with Mythic Games, we really have a very interesting interview today with Chris Bartolis from Everything Epic Games and how a small publisher survives. Um, I've known Chris for a lot of years. He's always been very good to the YouTube channel, myself, um, and um you know just to get him on here just to talk and let him you know express how he feels and how he's gone through so many things since he started up the company uh i think it's a very interesting interview so without further ado my dear friends uh let's get right to it Hey everybody, it's your old pal Rob once again with another interview from not, you know, from somebody that has been a very dear friend of mine and such a fantastic designer, company owner, uh, just all around good person uh, um, and, and somebody I really feel privileged to have here on the channel as I push something out of the way that I just noticed was in the camera. None other than from everything Epic Games, Chris Bartelis. Did I say it right? Hey, close enough for government work. Okay, yeah. How do, they, how do they say it in Greek again? Batalis. Batalis. Batalis, yeah. Batalis. See, I was better off saying Batalis. Yorgos Batalis. See? It's going to be Greek about it. <laughs> now, you just re recently relocated to Texas, correctly? That's right. I'm a Texan now. Car You're carrying and everything. <laughs> How, how do you like it down there? How do you like the heat down there? Well, the heat is, you know, people people will say a lot of things about it because it, it gets to 110 degrees. Last year, we had like two weeks of 108, 110, 108 for two weeks straight. And, you know, it's hot. When it's 110, it's hot. But mm -hmm. it's funny because when I was in New Jersey, you know, all my life, 37 years in New Jersey, uh, it got to 90 and you would feel like that 110 because of the really thick humidity. You walk outside and it's like 95% humidity, 95 degrees, and you're like, you can't breathe, you're just dripping sweat. So, you know, and honestly, it's just as bad in Indianapolis for Gen Con. There was one year in Gen Con when they never turned the air on while we we're setting up. This is one of my favorite stories. And me I and Jim Sammartino, my, my old partner for, for Secrets of the Lost Tomb back in the day, we're standing there trying to set up the booth. We're like putting together this cool tomb booth. And we got the, the, the standees of the monsters and all that stuff. And we're just dripping, pooling sweat, ready to pass out. Because it was like 110 degrees in the convention center. They wouldn't turn the air on for the, for the people to set up. It was crazy. Well, I remember that year because that was the year that Sam and I came over to you. Yep. And that's when we first met, actually. Pooling sweat like monsters. Oh, that was brutal. We're going around trying to tape stuff, you, you know, and they, they wouldn't turn on the air. It was like, a, you know, it was like 92. Now, <laughs> and, 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 and no air moving. It was crazy. Yeah. 
because you know you're right about something because you know here in in florida you know you, you all you think is you know it, it, it's unbelievable the humidity this that and the other but i'm also from the northeast originally and from connecticut and the funny thing about it was that when it was 90 91 you thought you thought you were going to die yeah that you yeah. couldn't leave the windows open you okay. couldn't do anything because it was so thick that it was like nothing you can ever understand. Now, when it got hot down here, I mean, it's hot, but it's not that thick, yeah. thick, and you and can't even breeze. breathe. There's more of a breeze on the coast or in, in, in Florida and in Texas. There's a lot mm -hmm. of wind over here. We get a lot of air. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know. Yeah. But boy, when we get breezes in August, that's the ones that we don't want. <laughs> yeah, well, the excessiveness is the problem. We don't want the, yeah. the hurricane breezes or the, the typhoons or whatever. <laughs> because every once in a while, I'd go with my wife and I'd go, oh, God, you know, why did you want to come here? I know you want to come here. I hate it. You know, I, I get all annoyed because I can't stand it when yeah. it's super hot. And she goes, and, and she said something that really made a lot of sense to me. I don't care where you go. There's one part of the year that always sucks. I go, yeah, because you know when when it would you get snowed in and it's minus fifteen and you can't do anything. Uh, well, you know that that that's the part of the year that it sucks. There, yep. great to be here. Yeah. And then you know you get a couple of really nice days up in the summer up there, but it's a little hot here. Yep. And then, you know, you got Tornado Alley. There's something everywhere, no matter where you go. No matter where you go. Yep. No matter where you go. You can control what you do with it, right? Yeah. You can't control God's weather, but you can control how you react to it and where you want to be to the best of your ability. Absolutely. And I got great air conditioning, thank God. I got, I, if, I, if it's that hot, you just, just stay inside, but you don't get snowed in from the heat. No, you just stay in. <laughs> you just have to stay in, but if you really need to go somewhere, you can. With well, last time I was in New Jersey, the year before I left, there were literally like six foot snow drifts. Mm -hmm. They act like there's no snow in New Jersey, like it's a paradise. No, there's a lot of snow in New Jersey. They're just prepared for it. They got five yeah. million plows. So, I mean, if we ever got two inches of snow here, I think the world would end. <laughs> Zombie apocalypse. Zombie apocalypse is right. Speaking of zombies and all these other great things, the cat when you do think about the catalog of what you've put out over the time. Now, how long has everything epic been around? It's got to be about 12, 14, 15 years. Yeah. So I've I've been I used to be a teacher. I was an English uh -huh. teacher for about five years. Suddenly one day I said, you know, I should make a board game. I love board games. Why don't I make one? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, there's no Indiana Jones board game. There's nothing that's really has that cool theme. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this. And I'm going to add all of the stuff I love from my favorite movies, comic book, TV shows, everything. I'm going to come up with my own stuff, bring in all of my influences and make something. So back in 2012, out of nowhere, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to make a board game. Okay. Secrets of the Lost Tomb was born. <laughs> the first edition box is this big, huge. Oh, I was out of my mind. I was trying to like make the fortune and glory box uh, look look shameful in front of mm -hmm. it because it was so big. Oh, it, it, it was massive because I, I had the old edition. And when you got the new edition, I ended up getting that. And then the old box went. Yeah. And 
I was doing a live stream, and that was the that was the very first time we actually met. Mm. Was yeah. that you were commenting on on the game and how Going we around. yeah, and how we broke the game <laughs> because we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Oh no, no, it was great. A lot of developers, I feel like they you know they put the game out and then they they're gone. Mm -hmm. I'm still here on BGG every day commenting on stuff. I try to help people out if somebody's struggling. I, I, I myself, I own the company. I do everything myself. I come on and I try to help people out. You know, yeah. why not? I made the game. I'm, I'm here to help. But, you know, yeah, I got other things I got to do too, but I try to do that too, you know? But that game was, is and was, is glorious. Now, with that said, okay, because because that that that's the very first one. But, I mean, you have a long catalog, but from... What we've discussed, you're actually thinking of maybe redoing that, right? It is. We're making it the 10-year anniversary. It's crazy for me to even say that my own game has a 10-year anniversary. But mm -hmm. because of because of some uh, some of the gods above, they decided to say, Chris, we're going to keep you around here in the industry somehow. Because there's, there's been a lot of crazy things throughout the years that have happened. A lot of, a lot of crazy things that mm -hmm. most people would give up. They burn out. They they throw their hands up. They whatever, right? We just keep going. And so, ten years plus have gone by. Secrets of the Lost Tomb deserves the epic treatment. So we're doing Secrets of the Lost Tomb Epic Edition. So kind of like what we did for Agents of Smirsh, where we took an old game that was about ten years plus old at that time. We took all the art. We took all the graphic design. Some of the mechanics. And for Tomb, we're barely touching the mechanics. We're just cleaning it. We're giving a nice polish, a shine. We're getting rid of stuff that's maybe broken or not. It wasn't really used by players. And I have a huge board game geek giant post where I said, "Everybody, we're going to redo this game. What do you want?" And people went crazy, and they're still go. They're still going for over a year plus. People have been posting. I would love to see this. I hate this. I love this. I love this. And I'm reading. <laughs> I'm reading all of what the fans want. I'm trying to do my best to, of course, keep the game to what people love, clean the rules, fix all the graphic design, redo all of the art that we can redo, that we can afford to redo. Like the, all of the tiles are getting a brand new art by Henning Ludwigsen, the guy who did the tiles for Mansions of Madness and Imperial Assault and all the best tile games you've seen. That's the mm -hmm. artist I hired because he's the best. I worked with him mm -hmm. for Big Trouble Little China the game too. <clears throat> um, the original tiles were done by my my uh, my guy, my friend Jim. Jim was not a graphic designer, but this is ten plus years ago. We didn't have any money at all. We did anything we could with with my small tiny savings that I that I saved as a teacher to try to make it happen, and we made it happen uh, after toiling countless hours every day and every night doing everything we could. But now we have, we have a few bucks, not 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 a lot, but enough to make the game as epic as we always dreamed. You know, redoing mm -hmm. the tiles, redoing all the character art has been redone, all the graphic design of all of the character sheets, how the character sheets work, all of, all of the iconography. Everything's going to be clean, easier to read for old guys like myself. Who, who now I I just had to go get glasses the other day. I had to get driving glasses. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, yeah. Listen, listen. You know, all readers. Forty. Listen, I'm getting to forty soon. You know, I know I can't compete with you, my friend. I, you know, but I'm. You're, you're what? You're what? 
I'm getting close to 40 soon, a couple of years, and I need glasses too. Stay you know, I, I, I wish I, I wish I was 40 again all those years <laughs> ago. Uh, God, I, I think they just invented the radio or something like that. <laughs> Jeez, Christmas kids. They just invented dice for board games back in ancient Egypt, back mm -hmm. in those days, right, when you were a time traveler. Now – are you now with with, with this re-release or or it's going to go to Kickstarter, obviously, correct? Yeah, it's either going to be Kickstarter or GameFound. We just did a GameFound recently, had a great experience with them. One of the yep. real big benefits to GameFound is everything is in one place. For us, it's it's the 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 crowdfunding, the actual you know backer kit, like the actual pledge manager, yeah, and the marketing. It's all in one place. The pre-orders all in one place. So oh, wow. it makes it a little easier for the backers and for me, the creator, because I'm one guy and I have one employee, just one, one, mm -hmm. me and one guy. So if I got to go to three or four different websites and everything's all over the place, which I've been doing for 10 years, sometimes mm -hmm. it makes it a little bit more challenging, less user friendly for the customer, less user friendly for everybody, for the shipping companies, for everybody. So I had a good, good experience with them so far. So it'll either be on there or of course back to Kickstarter. Um, Boy, I wish Kickstarter would update their website. It's been it's been pretty much the exact same thing since I started. <clears throat> they haven't touched the thing. They process billions of dollars of money through the website, or at least hundreds of millions, many hundreds mm -hmm. of millions, and they haven't touched the website, I feel like, uh, ever. Maybe minor thing. So, so, yeah, it'll be in one of those places. Now, now with that particular game, and, and, and I just want to touch on this a little bit, it, it, you know, it, it was a struggle to get that first game out without a doubt, okay? Yeah, you, you don't even want to think about it. If you had to do it over, what you're getting a chance to do it over, are you going to be doing all the things that you really wanted to do originally, what you envisioned? We're going to do that and more for this mm -hmm. game. The one thing we're not going to do, like if I had to do it over, what would yeah. we not have done? Miniatures. The game does not need miniatures. Miniatures hold the game back. I love miniatures. I make some awesome miniatures. I, I, I have to agree with it. The game does not need miniatures. It no, it doesn't. Really nice standees, really easy to use graphic design, awesome uh, containers to hold the components in, in the boxes. That's the kind of stuff we're going for for this. Mm -hmm. I want the best trays, the best holding components, the best dice, the most readable stuff, you know, and, and ideally... If everything goes well, I have a cool partnership with a really great publisher. I can't talk about exactly who yet, secret, but we may have an app as well. We're not going to remove this stuff that you'll want for the app. If you don't, if you want to say, screw the app, I hate apps. Some people don't like apps. You're no. only, if you like to pick up a book, you can use the book. But if you want to use the app, especially if you're in another country and you can't read English very well, you or you can, but your group can't, and you want to play this game, which is very text-heavy and narrative-heavy and story and ultra-thematic, the app will be something that we can hit a button. French, German, Polish, Spanish, you know? And we can get you that language translation in the app so you can read the story. And maybe, if you're really lucky, if I have the time, I'll do voiceovers <clears throat> for all of the actual storylines. So if you don't want to read it and you just want to listen to it, so... You know, I, I'm not just a game publisher. I play games. I have a huge game collection like you, Rob. I have tons of games. A lot I can't get to yet. But I've been playing Oathsworn lately. Oathsworn is awesome, okay? Oh, I, yeah. I, I think it's so fun. Great guys, too. doesn't do a lot. But what it does do is it reads the story to you. 
Mm-hmm. It's a choose your own adventure app. You hit, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and it reads the story to you. It's got a little play button, reads the story, makes it easy. Does this give you the chance to, you know, with with the app? Because let's face it, apps do have their place in, in, in the universe. Does this give you a chance that if you come up with something, hey, I've got another storyline, if I just change these tiles a little bit and this, that, and the other, to add more stories and more scenarios and more, you know, uh, maybe campaign modes and stuff like that. So we're probably going to put out 100%. We're probably going to put out approximately an additional probably 50% more scenarios mm-hmm. than we had in the beginning. And we're going to update all the current ones to the new updated rule set and, and stuff like that that we're doing. And we're going to put in some secrets in the current ones. So when you want to play them again, you're not going to know what's going to happen on purpose. So they're all, I'm going to make everything replayable again. I'm not going to mm-hmm. redo everything to where you won't recognize it. I'm not changing the rules, but I'm going to update the stories. And then we're going to have a ton of new stories. But then for the really epic players who want more, who want more, because this game is not a campaign game. Let me, let, me, let me tell you this. This is very important because everybody, and this is a major thing right now, People are, are tired of campaign games. Old Sworn's a campaign game. And I'm lucky. I got a group that will show up every week and play. But there's a lot of people out there who don't have that luxury. Okay? It's a luxury. It's not mm-hmm. a standard to get a group. To, it's like D&D. How do you get a group together to play D&D or any, any tabletop role-playing game? It's hard. When you get older, get your friends to show up every week. It's like, it's like near impossible. Everybody's got a commitment. Secrets of the Lost Tomb is not a campaign game. It is a scenario-based game which, with super narrative. You pick your scenario, and you play it just like Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition in that regard. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a one-shot. You pick one. I want to play the Pharaoh with the blue eyes. I want to play the, the, the uh, Great Apocalypse scenario with, with the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And you just pick that scenario. You start at the beginning whenever you want and just play it. That's it. So you don't have to play them in sequence. You can play them in any order you want. It doesn't matter. There's no carryover from game to game at all. Nothing. You start fresh every game. So you can play it with any players you want. You can play with the same group. You can play it like a campaign if you so desire. One, two, three, four, five if you want. But if you don't want, if you're like, you know what? I really want to play this one. It's just super exciting to me. This theme, I really want to play. You can play it. And mm-hmm. because it has so many tiles and so many random elements that are in the game, you never know what's going to happen. You keep playing them over and over and over, and they're always going to be slightly different in some way. So the idea is, is that we're going to add more scenarios in that app as we unlock them. So for, let's say, five bucks, you get another scenario, you know, or a couple more scenarios, or maybe, you know, X amount, you can buy it on the app. And with all the components you have, you won't need anything else printed. You can play more stuff with the current stuff you have. For just small little, little costs, you get more content. And that's mm-hmm. the ideal, to be able to translate it to multiple languages, to be able to get more content out to you with no shipping costs, <laughs> which suck right now for everybody, with no printing costs for us, which sucks too. So we can get more content in your hands and you can enjoy more gaming. That's the, that's, that's the major goal. We're, we're going to talk about some of those struggles, but I, I want to continue with the catalog a little bit. Um, you, you know, you take a look at your catalog. Um Little China, uh, Rambo, uh, Librarians, a lot of big IPs. How taxing dealing with those type of IPs was it? And then 
I mean, would you do it again? If you know, I, I think International Monsters, which is another one. Um, Monster Hunter International. Yeah. Monster Hunter International. I'm sorry, I, I, it escaped me for a second there. But what are the some of the struggles? And then, you know, after after everything you experienced, because those are, you know, you know, especially Big Trouble in Little China. That is a unbelievable game. And, you know, could you reprint it? You know, when, once the license run, runs out, you, you know, it's something that a lot of people need to experience. And now they have to try to find it on the second market. For 300 bucks. Yeah. yeah at a ridiculous price. Yeah. So what would I you started, do differently? When I started on my first license, which was Big Trouble in Little China, my mm -hmm. hair, like my hairline came down to here. Okay. Yes, I remember. And then since I started doing licenses, my hairline started to recede up into mm -hmm. my head. So it <laughs> it can be very stressful. It adds a lot of work and a lot of risk to every game for a game publisher, especially a small independent game publisher that doesn't have investors, that doesn't have debt or loans, that doesn't have tons of money sitting around that they can just risk and, and hope for the best. Well, one of the biggest risks is if the game doesn't fun, it, you know, fun or anything like that, it's F you pay me. <laughs> they right. don't care. That's right. So, so you pay them in advance. So yeah. every, every license has a guarantee. You put the money out in advance. You hope for the best, whatever it is. And of course, every license is different depending on the popularity of the license, the power of the license itself. It's going to have different ranges in which, you know, it, it's going to be asking for amounts. You know, like Marvel licenses are very high. Star Wars are very high. You know, Big Trouble Little China, still pretty substantial. Yeah. However, you know, it, it's all dependent on, you know, the time, the licensor, and, you know, the deal you can make with them. When I first got that game, it was owned by 20th Century Fox and Boom Studios Comics. So I worked together and partnered with Boom Studios and 20th Century Fox to make that epic game. Between mm -hmm. me making that game getting it out and that license uh, timeline, which which took a long time to get the game out. It's a, it's a huge game, a lot of content, a lot of work. Um, 20th Century Fox was bought by Disney. So it completely changes the dynamic in which the license are done. And of course, I'm sure the price. So we, we haven't been able to yet re-up the license yet, maybe in the future. Um, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll be able to go and attempt to, to bring it back out as a reprint. But I gave it some time. We had a lot of other projects to put out. And, uh, you know, you can't do it all. You know, it's a lot of expenses involved in every license, in every game, you know, Un unknown things, too. They just come up. So, you know, it's certainly it's certainly one of our best games. I'm very proud of it. We work very hard on it. Oh, it's, it's a masterpiece. Uh, you know, similar things can be said about Rambo. Rambo was a major challenge. It was a very hard game to make. There was a lot of issues along the way that we had to face and deal with and work with. Um, there's a lot of things that people don't expect. When you go out and you see a lot of licensed games, oftentimes it's either lots of stills or reused the same stills over and over from the TV show or the movie. Or mm -hmm. you'll see a lot of like kind of ugly looking art that's being re-represented. And there's reasons for that. Not all of it is like intentional. They don't want to, no, 
no no game publisher wants to give you ugly art. You know, sometimes that happens because they don't have the budget. Sometimes it happens because they're not allowed to reproduce the likeness of the specific characters. So they have to find a way to make it look so different that it looks off. And that's on purpose because the licensor, the person selling the license, like let's say, you know, um, Universal Pictures, won't allow you to use, you know, um, the actor's face. And they make you change it so dramatically that it doesn't look or resemble the person anymore. So then it looks off to the person looking at it. Right. And they're, they're, they're trying to look at it. And that's that's by contract. You have no choice. You know, and sometimes that stuff comes out later after the fact. You find mm -hmm. out that there's stipulations that, oh, you know, we actually can't let you use these things. And I've already, you know, maybe you did half the game by then. You know, and you, <laughs> now you have to do the best you can to get it out. You know, we were lucky where we were able to, to create a lot of unique original art for the games we've done. And we worked very hard to make sure that we get the likenesses that we can get. With librarians, Electric Entertainment and us, we worked very hard together. We, we they, they did a lot of work to help us. Great. That's, that's a tremendous game. We were able to get um, a lot of likenesses and a ton of stills approved mm -hmm. and put into the game, which takes a long time on, on our side and their side. And we, we had a great partnership with them, and they helped us out a lot. And we were able to put out a beautiful game, you know, with lots of stills. Some people don't like stills. I think the reason is, is because usually there's not enough mm -hmm. to fulfill differentiation between stuff. We had four seasons of TV and four movies, or excuse me, three movies to use to create that game, which is lucky. Um, with Firefly, for instance, they had one season, short season of the show. And I, they probably weren't even allowed to use the movie Serenity. And I'm just speculating. I don't know. I, don't, I never worked for Gale Force. So I was just a fan. I bought the mm -hmm. game. I played it. Um, you know, they most likely were only able to use the show. And it was only one season for a full game. That's not easy to, to try to find stuff that works, you know, for what you're describing with that. And they may not allow you to even do original art. It all depends on that contract. So these, these are some of the challenges that, I think are not obvious <clears throat> to people when, when they're like, as a fan, like that's just some of the things, you know, and again, you put out a guarantee, you're, you're putting out money right away. And then you have a royalty you have to pay as well for these, for these <laughs> licenses as well. So in addition to that, you put out a guarantee when that has been surpassed. Now you, you pay a royalty and, and you have to do accounting on everything. So it adds accounting work. It adds um, additional money that has to go out. Um, and it doesn't matter if you make money. It matters if you brought money in and sold it. So you mm -hmm. can actually be losing money, but you still have to pay the royalties, for instance. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a lot of things that people don't understand. You know, all they want to hear about is the game and how it plays and this and the other. And they don't understand all this, this stuff that goes behind the scenes right. to try to get that into their hands. They can care less. Oh, oh why, why do I have to pay $65 for this when normally it should be $49.99? Well, exactly. and I got to be honest with you, it's not their problem. And I'll, I'll be honest. No, no, it isn't. As, as, the, as, the, as a customer of games and a publisher, when I buy a game, it's not my problem that the company had all these issues. They, they right. created an MSRP, which is something where, you know, that's the price that they would promise for the customer. They, if I did, if I do a Kickstarter, they promised to, to sell it to me for that amount, mm -hmm. and they gave me a particular shipping price. If it was a shipping estimate, it could be anything. Now, I'm, I'm not expecting. 
I'll be expecting that to change if they said it was an estimate, which many do. Well, my kickstarters, I have to give them estimates when I do the Kickstarter because it may be six to eight months or a year before I even have the game ready to ship. And shipping changes every day, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I always give people especially now, and I do my best. People, people often will be like, "Where's the pledge manager?" You know, I want to, you know, do this and that. And I try to tell people, you know, I'm doing my best to get you the best shipping prices. You know, so I'm working really hard to get you those before I put out the pledge manager mm-hmm. because I never want to put myself in a situation where I charge you or I tell you the shipping is 20 bucks. I take your money and then I got to call you a, a few months down the line and say, ah, sorry, I took your money. Uh, I need another 20 bucks. Right. I tell you I need I need that 35 bucks right when I need it. So I, I can tell you that's the shipping price. I don't mm-hmm. want to surprise you. It's a lot of gamers on a budget. They can't take these surprises. It's right over completely. I don't want to mm-hmm. do that. And if you can't afford it, if something comes up, my company, I'm always very reasonable. Somebody needs a refund. Listen, I, I can't take back the Kickstarter fee, but I can, I can do the best I can for you. And I always take care of my customers. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes a few days. You know, sometimes it takes some time because it's just me and one guy. But I always take care of my people. Could be worse. You could be mythic. Just take the money and and hire too many employees and all the other stuff. And, and overextend yourself. I mean, it, it makes it that type of thing that has happened makes it really hard for a small guy like you. All right, because because you're you're living game by game, correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So so you're living game by game. Okay, and you're praying you don't take a beating on on something. You're taking a tremendous risk on on going with an IP. Okay, and if the game fails, well, guess what? Does your family get to eat that year? No. Is anybody going to worry about that? No, <laughs> unfortunately. And then you get these bigger companies that give all this bad name to Kickstarter to, to some degree. I mean, people have a lot of a lot of faith, and there's a lot of good people that do some business in Kickstarter. Yep. Okay, uh, you, you know, you've always done the right thing. It may take longer. You're you're giving them an estimate, but you're always going to have somebody complaining. Okay. You're always going to get your game with me. You're always going to get your game. You yeah. know, if I don't get paid, that's okay. It happened. It's happened many times. If I don't, have, if I can't pay myself, if I don't take a salary from the game. The game doesn't make money. I'll do my best. I'll, I'll print. I'll try to print a reasonable amount. Usually, I don't. I don't do big print runs. I can't afford it. Sometimes you'll see big numbers come up on Kickstarter. Wow, a hundred thousand dollars after Kickstarter takes its fees. After we pay our marketing. After we pay everybody. After we figure out what the cost was up front, I got to basically pay back what I invested in. And then we after we send the game to Rob, and then if shipping is too much money or more money, all of those things happen. Maybe, maybe I lost on that in the beginning. And I have to hope that the little extra I printed will sell at a convention or sell at retail. If I even have enough left over for that to maybe then make a couple dollars as profit or make enough to put back in the coffers of the company to make the next product or to, to, to go to the next thing. Think think about the conventions, you know, the cost of the conventions to, to, to have that little section every year. Okay. How many games do you have to sell to pay for that? 
the meals, the hotels, the expenses, the, the employees that you got to bring in, you know, for, for, for the couple of days, the, the, the badges and, 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 and all the other shite, the airfare, you know, let's go even into that. Uh, you know, every, every time I, I, I try to comprehend that type of number for a small business like you, I'm thinking, well, how many games does he have to sell at this convention? And he's got to pray, pray they ship it to him and make sure it's there. That's the other thing. <laughs> There's been conventions I got there and my stuff didn't make it or, or makes it the next day. I miss a day of sales or, you know, or I am trying to, to go to the, the depot, which has happened. I've had to go to like a, a, a UPS depot and force them to give me the product so I can put it in a rental car and get it to the convention because they won't deliver it on time. There's been everything you can think of. I've done it. Mm -hmm. I've done it myself. I've, How I've do you survive? I don't send a random person. I do it. I got to do it. You know, so you survive. You do what you have to do. I go to conventions anyway because I want to see the, the fan in person. I want to show you games. I love it. I want to show you games. I want I want you to tell me about the games. Even if you're not happy, I want to hear the feedback. I want to know what you think. I want to meet people, shake their hand and say, hey, thanks for being a fan of everything epic. Thanks for getting our games. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about, you know? It's, it's, it's a hell of a sacrifice, my friend. That's what it's all about. We love games. That's why we do it. We're not here to kill people, to hurt people. We're not making pharmaceuticals. It's not life or death. It's it's fun. It's a diversion from everyday life, and it brings people together. You know, mm -hmm. COVID brought people apart. We yeah. want to bring people together. You know, tabletop simulator is great. It's not the same. It's great, but it's not the same. You. Laughing with your friends next to you, joking around, BSing while playing a game, you know, having a drink or, or eating together or chilling out, just being able to forget your everyday troubles, be together. That's what gaming is about, whether it's tabletop role-playing games, board games, card games, whatever. That's what it's about, being with your friends or family and being together. That's what it's all about. Let me ask you, let me ask you this, Chris. Okay. The 2023 you, okay, can go back and grab by the neck the 2012 you. What's the first thing that you say to yourself? Man, I'll tell you. That's a, that's a really tough question. Um, well, you, you didn't expect me to make them easy. Nah, you didn't think you were going to get the same it. ham and egg questions that you would normally get here on the mighty tabletop world. You know, I think I think um, there's been a couple times where we made a couple games that weren't true to what everything Epic really stands for. There's a couple games that weren't quite there, you know, that we we weren't super happy about. Like for instance, one is Metal Dawn. Unfortunately, which one? I'm sorry, Metal Dawn. Okay, it was a old school game. It looked cool. It had some interesting mechanics, but it wasn't quite there. You know, it didn't didn't really make it. I didn't think it and, was bad. I still have it. <laughs> Listen. Uh, I would go back and remind remind myself, hey, everything epic is about telling a story and mm -hmm. being, being with theme, doing everything you can to do what's best for the story. Right. It's not about making the game for specific, like to try to make everybody happy. It's about making a game that the people who love <coughs> telling a story and, and playing in a narrative experience and immersing themselves in something. That's what it's all about. And to just stick with those things and to make sure that you're doing that at all times, which 
which we've constantly having to keep reminding ourselves of that. The other mm -hmm. thing, of course, is be careful with shipping. And, and I've known that from the beginning, but <clears throat> even then, we've, we've still over the years had problems with fulfillment companies, shipping companies, freight companies. Logistics is literally the worst part of making board games. I, I, I'm going to ask you a, a, a tough question here, and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Honest to God. Because, you know, it made me think of it. The guy that did uh, Metal Dawn with you um, got himself into a lot of hot water, as you know, right? And did you catch any of that flack or heat for putting out that game with him? Uh, you know, because because I always wonder that, you know, you you know, I know you. You're, I, we've known each other for a long time. And you've always been a stand-up good good man plain and simple great man even okay uh you know somebody i've always admired and 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 always enjoy you've always checked on me my family everything we've become very good friends and i've never asked you this it's just you know you have somebody like him and i knew what was going on with this guy all right and i just go jesus mary and joseph what are you doing and but you know you keep your mouth shut in this business okay because it's at the end of the day what is it it's a dirty business people are always trying to find this what about games you know i i stay out of politics I yeah stay out of, me I too stay out of all that kind of stuff. I don't stay away from drama i'm yeah. here because i love to play games i love to make games that's why yeah. i'm here I'm yeah your guy at heart i love telling a story i love acting mm -hmm. i love singing i love telling a story and playing games that's why i do mm -hmm. it i don't do it to, to, for politics i don't do it to to, to look cool, right? Games to look cool. I want people to have fun with the games. That's what no, And exactly, it's the, it's the same thing with this here. Why am I doing this? One, you know, I love to help people. I love, you know, I, I love to turn on the camera and, and, and show a game. I love to do what I do. Okay. And I don't get involved in any of that mishmash. But I've seen in the past a lot of people that have nothing to do with what somebody does and it rolled downhill on them. And I wondered that with this particular game, that, that part of the, the the problem that it had, was it because of the association with the, the party at hand? I'm not going to say anything bad about them. I, I honestly, I haven't, I haven't heard anything in many years. And okay. that, 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 that's, that's what I was saying. It's come to us. Thankfully, Good. Um, we, Good. Again, we stay out of it because it would be a shame if it did. We do what we have to do, you know, um, and and we we put out the best games we possibly can. That's all we do. And, 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 and we try to be honest with people about stuff. And yeah. we try to take care of our customers to the best of our ability. That's what everything Epic does. And yeah. I think the people who know our company, the people who know our games, they know that. They my, they got my email. You know, if they if somebody really needs me, they can call me. They can get me on Facebook. They can get anywhere they want. If I'm at a convention, put me in a corner. You got something you need? I'm going to take care of them. That's the find you in the chat at Rob's Tabletop World too. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is anybody yeah. say anything? Do I? <laughs> yeah. No, and and and, and, and it, it, you know, I asked you this not to stir up, but I wanted to make sure that everybody knows that this is a great company that it has nothing, no association with anything that that had transpired with any of that that baloney. And and that was my point of this question. That if you took any heat there, it, it was unnecessary no, because no. you're not that guy. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, and I want to make sure. I wanted to make sure. 
Okay. Um, I'm too busy to be that guy. I got too much too many games to make. Well, I mean, geez, you know, I couldn't imagine being a small publisher like you and, and, and being able to, you know, first of all, try to get your name out there. Okay. And, and, and then have to go through COVID. Okay. While you've got projects in, in the stove and come out of this on the other side, there's a lot of people that aren't coming out of this on the other side very well. I mean, how, how are you doing it? Hard work. I don't stop. I work seven days a week. Mm-hmm. You know, if I got to work 12, 16 hours, I will do what I got to do. You know, I take a break to go to the gym. I take a break to eat, say hello to my wife. You know, if I mm-hmm. need to, eventually I get to go on vacation. I go to a convention, which is a, a pretend vacation because it's really working. But mm-hmm. whatever I got to do, I do what I got to do. You know, and that's that's just the, my father came to this country many years ago from Greece. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and he he was one of, of a, a family of 10. He was the youngest of, of all of his siblings. He came here to this country to do something and to work hard. He wanted to, to have a different life. Nobody, none of his other siblings ever came to America. They all stayed in Greece. He had a dream. He wanted to do it. He came here. He started his own business. It was called Apollos Painting. Okay. And uh, he did whatever it took to take care of the customer. He didn't, he didn't know about marketing. He didn't know about, you know, fancy stuff. He knew how to, to do a beautiful job. He knew how to take care of people and to make them happy. And if they needed something, if they weren't happy, he would do whatever it took to make them happy. And that's how he was so successful in his business. It was word of mouth. It was very hard work for 40 years straight from when he got here to when he passed away. He was working the week before he died, still working at 63 hard on 40 foot louders and he didn't care. He did whatever it took because he, he just loved taking care of the people. That's what he would do. Mm-hmm. You just do what you got to do. That's, that's in your blood. That's, that's in your blood. You yeah. do what you have to do to take care of the customer. You know, I come from the same type of family. All we've ever known is work. Okay. We're never afraid of it. You know, you never see me out outside, you know, uh, taking a piece of chalk and drawing a little square and making my, my safe space. Okay. Uh, you know, we're somebody that, that we are a family, you know, we now live on this, you know, 20 something acre farm. It's a lot of work. It doesn't matter if I'm sick or not. You know, you know what I mean? I continually work hard. I'm going to go till my last breath. And I understand fully what you're saying because we're cut from the same mold in, in, in a lot of ways. That it's you give everything you got until you can't give no more, then and then you give, and then you give a little more. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I drink a lot of coffee and uh, a lot of water. You know, I had a mm-hmm. kidney stone during COVID, worst pain oh. of my life. Still had to work. You do what you got to do. You know, I just drink more water now and keep working. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Gallon and a half a day. You keep going. The point is, you do what you can. You make the best games you possibly can with the money you have so you don't put yourself into, into potential bad risk. That's mm-hmm. why I only have one employee. You know, I have one, one, only one, just me and another guy. So if he can't do it, I do it. And if I right. can't do it, I, I have to do it. There, there is no yeah. I can't do it. That, that's it. You just do it. Yeah. You know? I wanted to ask you about Agents of Smirch. Now, I have the original, okay? And how did that come about? It was so it's a very interesting story. Um, mm-hmm. 
because that's why I ask. <laughs> because yeah, it's a great story. It's it's back in like 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I backed that Kickstarter. It was one of the first Kickstarters I backed. I think it was like maybe even the first or second Kickstarter I ever backed. Summit Games, right? Yep, Eight Summit. Eight Summit. That's what. And it was. and uh, I messaged that guy, the, the original publisher, uh, back then, and I said to him, I was like, I really love your game. How did you make this game? How did you do this on Kickstarter? And he was just starting out himself. But he was so nice and so kind. And he gave me some just simple advice. And he's like, you know, you can do this. You go on Kickstarter.com. You can do this and that. A couple, I mean, just a little bit. And it was just enough to help me start. Just enough. I don't even know if he remembers that much of them. But it was just enough. So that I can come up with the idea and feel confident to go ahead and try to make my own game. And since then, I never forgot. And I've always loved the original Smurfs because the stories. There were yeah. so many stories, and they were so funny and crazy. And you just there's just so many of them, you know. But over the years, of course, mechanics change. What what kind of games people accept have changed quite a bit. And so, I, I went back and I spoke with uh, with Jason over there, and I said, Hey, listen. I've always been a huge fan. Let me make this game, redo it, bring it to the, the current age for you, make it look beautiful. We'll edit it. We'll make everything as as epic as possible. Make Age of the Smurfs Epic Edition. Mm-hmm. It's out. And he was like, you know, <clears throat> you're one of the only people I would trust to want to do this because I know you love the game. And so he went ahead and 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 we we put together an agreement and we went ahead. And uh, it's been a great experience. You know, working with him was was very, very easy. Very, very, it was like probably the, probably it's it's one of the top license technically deals. It's not technically a license, but one of the, one of the, one of the easiest agreements I've had to, to work with somebody. Um, he doesn't make board games anymore. He, he only works with, with other people to, to license his stuff or to, to redo his stuff. Other, he does like publishing deals with other people. He, he, he does his own thing. You know he doesn't he doesn't doesn't do publishing anymore. He just he had enough a few years back. Yeah, called it quits. Um, but you know, Agents of Smurfs was very successful. We were very happy with it, um, and we're going to be putting out more content. Oh really? Ways to maybe do some some kind of a translation because again, the, the game has four hundred pages, over two thousand random encounters, over two thousand. It's crazy, you know. And uh, we're, we're looking for some some methods to do that. So, but it was a great opportunity, and uh, you know, from all the way back in the day to come back and have the chance to remake Smirsh. I know most of the people are very happy with the new version. Some people prefer the old version. They like the way the mechanics were back then. That's always mm-hmm. going to be the case. And people can house rule the game however they want. They own the game. Right, it's a game. Ahead and use use the old ways because they still own it. I still own my copy. I didn't get rid of my original version of Smirsh. If they my, want to buy it, they can do that. Yeah. I'm going to buy the new edition from you when I get off here. And and everybody, if you want to go get some of these games, go to everythingepic.com, I believe. Everythingepic.com, everythingepic.us. We got them all. Dot .us. And you buy directly from our, from our good friend Chris, okay? And he'll ship it right out to you, right? You'll get it right out to everybody. Um, and, and, you know, you, you want to get this agents of smirch. I, you know, I, I was very fortunate enough to be able to do the, uh, one of the videos for during the Kickstarter. 
and I was just blown away by 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 the you know the short story that you had in there, which was just glorious. Okay, how it worked and everything like that, and the changes. The first edition, believe it or not, I had actually gotten from him because he had donated for an auction at the Dice Tower, and it was one of the few things that I bid it on because it looked so interesting. That and he, I believe he did a game called Police Precinct. Um, or something I, I like that. Have police precinct. I don't know if he did that game. I don't know if he did police precinct, but that was that that game did come out at like the same time. Yeah, I, I think it's him though. I really do because uh, I remember seeing it on the table and I was looking at Smirch and I said, "Well, this looks different." You know, the board wasn't as sexy as as the new board that you did, but Common Man Games. I just looked it up because I couldn't remember. Common oh. Games was the company that did Police Precinct. Okay, so maybe he was just at the same table with it. But he had the little head thing, and I wonder if I still... It had the same artist, Rob. Police oh, Precinct had the same artist for the characters as original Smirsh and as the original Resistance Avalon game. Oh, really? And Secrets of the Lost Tomb, my game... I also hired the same artist to do my original characters. That artist's oh, name was George Pasturas, also Greek. And uh, well, no wonder why he got a job. He did, that's right. And he did um, really interesting back then, really interesting mm -hmm. portrait face characters. So he would like have oh, very it was beautiful art. That's what he used to do. He was a, he was like a portrait face specialist for characters. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he did that game's art. He did Tomb here, and yeah. he did. The original Smirsh, if you want to get like Avalon, Avalon Resistance, which yeah. is one of my favorite social deduction games ever. Played yeah. a billion times. All of the characters in that, like the you know, the the, the characters on the back of the cards that you're not supposed to reveal. Yeah. <laughs> Some people do by accident. Those are all done by the same artist. That's probably why you get the the car the uh, games in your head. There you go. Mm -hmm. But but um you know, you know, the thing is. If you haven't gotten this game, you have to get this game. This is a must-have. If if you don't remember the old Smirsh, um, I'm I'm telling you, go get the new Smirsh. Go over to everything epic. A matter of fact, you know, we're gonna bring it bring it out here. My son has finally started helping me play some games on on Thursday nights. So I, I think that's one of the things that that we're gonna try to do, um, and 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 get that going. As you know, I've been down a little bit for a while. But, uh, you know, the old boy keeps swinging. Another thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, I, I want to hold you here forever. But um, uh, the terrain, the terrain disaster. Uh, Listen, Upzone up <laughs> was very successful. We're, we're, we're blessed to have. Uh, I'm not, and I don't mean a disaster. And and let me just clarify something for anybody that might might hear this. Um, I'm going to try to be as nice as I can be because I could be nasty. No, I, I could be nasty. You could be politically correct. How's that? Some sure. some dirt, some dirt bags that you had sent the prototype to decided to just copy what you did, basically. So I mean, years, is there any, am I wrong? For ten years, I've been sending prototypes to reviewers. And yep. previewers and paid previewers to help us make content 
So it's not just us showing our game stuff. It's other people and their thoughts and their way of speaking because mm-hmm. it helps people see what we do better, right? Right. So that's I send stuff to you. You talk about it. So And, and people who listen to you and, and follow you, they, they, they understand the way you talk about games. And sometimes they don't like the way you say stuff and they like the way somebody else that's says right. stuff. And, and we, so we send stuff out to lots of people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and whoever had the time. I mean, really? I thought always, I was the only one. You've always done videos for us for everything uh, as quick as possible, the quickest, the best. I mean, nobody's better than Rob when it comes to getting out stuff. Well, in general, but getting out stuff quick, you're the best. Uh, thank you. Thank nobody's, you. nobody's been better. Honestly, honest to God, this, is not a, this isn't a bullshit uh, 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 pink smoke. This is mm-hmm. real. You know, you've been a great friend to everything epic forever. Anytime I'm like, I'm like, hey, Rob, it's like a week before. I'm like, oh, Rob, I, uh, I, I just got the prototype. Do you think you can make a video for us? You're like, no problem, Chris. Send it to me. I'll get it out right away. Within uh, 24 hours, usually, you're like, hey, Chris, I'm putting the video up tomorrow. Blah, blah. I'm like, Jesus, like this guy. But anyway, with UpZone, um, we had a really unique product. Um, we have a really unique product. Mm-hmm. With and you could still get it over. You could still get it over at everything. Epic still available. Yep. And we got more new upzone stuff coming soon, which is completely mm-hmm. new and unique with awesome new ways of, of using the upzone that uh, no one else has thought of yet. Um, so pop up books and pop up stuff is not. It's not a, a completely brand new thing. Pop-ups have been around for a long time. But the designer I'm working with suddenly had a dream during COVID to make terrain out of pop up stuff. Now, there was one pop-up thing before that that was a little bit different. It was like um, more like a black and white or sepia-toned, very simplistic, build-your-own pop-up stuff. So it's like you bought it from them, and you'd like uh, – it's like a craft, arts and crafts. And you had to put it together yourself. Ours, the goal was as easy and fast as possible. Upzone was about buy it, open the box, pop up the stuff, play that's yeah. the point, right? It was I did a video on it. It was amazing. It's super fast. It looks nice. It's easy. It's durable. Will it last you 100 years? No. Will it get you playing and having fun faster? Yes. That's the goal, right? You buy Warhammer terrain, beautiful terrain, gorgeous stuff, 50 bucks for one wall, but it's gorgeous. It's the best. It's, mm-hmm. it's like the best ever, right? But right. it's expensive. And it, it, it should be expensive because it costs a lot, but you have to assemble it. You have to paint it. You have to put it together. Upzone was open the box. You have terrain. You can, you know, a big, full Warhammer standard table of terrain, 60 by 44 inches. Boom, on your table. Full table. It's gorgeous, right? Easy. Fast. Two seconds. It's, it's set up. Literally two minutes. Uh, we sent out a bunch to previewers for this Kickstarter so we can get reviewers and stuff talking about it. So it helped build a buzz. So People know about it. One of these said reviewers, unfortunately, we sent a prototype to, never heard back from them, um, never heard anything. Okay, well, they didn't get time. They didn't have time to do it. Um, we asked for our prototype back, never got the prototype back. Okay. During this campaign, it was, it was very successful for us. You know, we got a lot of backers, a lot of really excited people. We had four different types of terrain plus extras, all kinds of stuff. We did our best to really put it out. And the games are, the, the product's already been put out. The product's been delivered to customers. It's one of our most successful products in customers' hands with the least amount of errors ever. I think we barely had any damages and barely ever, any, there was like 
I think we got no returns. We had a couple of things where we had to send out like a replacement item. But when I say a couple, I mean a small handful, okay, which is awesome. Like real, I'm so excited about that. Cost me way more than I was expecting to print this product for, but I'm so happy people were loving it, right? That's, that's the best thing. We sent out this stuff to the previewer a year later after we put out just, we're about to put out our product. Our product is just shipping from the manufacturer. They put up a Kickstarter for their own pop-up terrain. And it looked almost the same too. And am I, so, am I right? Listen, uh, they use similar name conventions. We mm -hmm. had a cathedral. They had a cathedral. Um, they never sent us back our terrain. They never really put out any kind of review video for us or anything. They just decided to make their own terrain, unfortunately. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 it's, you know, we don't own. So we, we had opportunities where we could have potentially done a patent. Okay. Patents right. cost a lot of money to sure create. Do. And patents cost a lot of money to defend. And the worst part about patents, especially for stuff like this in the gaming industry, patents hurt the creativity of other creators. Our goal was not to own pop-ups and then anytime somebody wanted to do a pop-up thing to, to police them and stop them. Our goal was to make a really great pop-up thing that people can use for their gaming and sell that and but, make people happy. Okay? But even if they came to you, okay, did the video, sent the stuff back and said, hey, Chris, we have an idea. We wanted to put up some different type of pop-up stuff. Is it okay we do this? What's the first thing you would have said? Please sure. do. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe maybe we start a movement. Together. I would have said, huh? maybe you want to work together. We could cross promote. We could do something. You know, yeah. that's what I wanted. All you had to do was just let you know, give you your yeah. stuff back and do what they they were obligated to do, which was yeah. make, make a video. But they chose to take a different route. Yep. So, you know, they could have reached out to us, all that kind of stuff. Instead, they just decided to just go ahead and do it. They still never, I still never got my prototype back. Right. Still. And prototypes aren't cheap. No, they're very People expensive. don't realize. They're not just expensive to create. They're expensive to ship from the manufacturer and to ship to then to the reviewer. Now, they, now it takes time to do reviews and previews and stuff. And some of them we do paid. Some of them we, we, we get amazing friends like Rob to do them for us, you know, just to help us out. Not many people do that. Very few these days. We'll do that to help you out because they want to help small publishers grow and just want to help people out. Which I, is I, rare. I, I, I've never asked you for a fee. Never. Not once ever. And I don't think you ever would. No, I don't ever. Well, no, I've been accumulating the bill. But no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till that invoice shows up because you've done so much. You've done so much for us over the years. I mean, I, I, I appreciate it. But, but you know. It's always been a pleasure, and I always believed that I wanted to help help people. I really, really did, from my charities to all the other stuff that that I've ever done from the very start with with you know Tom and you know going every year and creating something that that he could sell and make some money for his charities. Then we started charities, and and that's how the channel started. Was how can we help people? How can we make a difference? How can we put games in people's hands during very, very difficult times. Yep. I mean, very, very difficult times and, and continue to do it. 
nothing stopped us. Four thousand videos later, we're still, <laughs> we're, I'm still cr cranking along. You know, just as much as you're cranking out, you know, games like a machine. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to tell you this quick story because it, 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 it's kind of funny when when you talk about prototypes. I called you on Saturday, um, and I had went in, went into a shop and. Um, the guy, oh, hey, Rob, you know, from Rob's Tabletop World. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. So we got to talking in this, that, and the other. And uh, he was talking about prototypes and that, that some guy, some small little channel came in there and was saying, oh, my God, I asked for a prototype and they sent something to me and then they made me ship it back. And I looked at the guy. I go, do you realize how much some of those things cost? I go that 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 you know here's somebody that 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 puts their faith in you and says hey can you make a video for me to hopefully drum up you know you know some interest in this because I'm taking a risk you know every time you decide to go out and make a game it's like going to the ticket window at the Kentucky Derby okay yeah win place or show and 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 show and don't pay it doesn't, but it does still get the game out. And when, yeah. I, when I ask people to send me the prototype back, I try to always give them a return label of some sort. I pay for it. Yeah. I ever expect the previewer to pay for, for a return for me. It is a little inconvenient. Sometimes they might have to go to the post office, UPS, or drop it off. I try to get a pickup if I can from mm -hmm. their, their, their place. But, uh, but yeah, you know, the, I guess the biggest thing with, with the upzone is not, it's not so much that they wanted to make something. It's, it's more of when you send something to a reviewer or a previewer, you never expect them to suddenly become a publisher. And what some people told me is, oh, why didn't you have a contract or NDA or a, uh, a, uh, a non-compete with the previewer? As soon as you start making things more complex for somebody to do you a favor, they're not going to do you a favor or they can't do the favor or they don't have time or, or they don't want to sign or, you know, whatever. And then mm -hmm. you can get a video from somebody. You know, it's not something that's practical and it's also not nice, right? I'm trusting you and giving you respect. You're going to respect me to do the best. Okay. Do you honest. think you would make a, make an agreement like, like two honest people, but, but there's plenty of that goes on. Like, like there's been, been times I've gotten a thing and says, Hey, can you make a video for this? But this can't go out until X date. And then other reviewers just put out that video way beforehand and say, oops, you, 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 that, that, that publisher isn't going to sell, assume. It's about getting that video out first and making sure you get the most views and this, that, and that. It's a dirty, dirty business. The publisher's not going to assume, but some of them might send a uh, tactical squad to their home. You never know. Anything no. can happen. No, but if, if they're big enough, you, you know, they can make life tough for, for a publisher. Okay? And I've seen people, I've, certain certain channels, that aren't aren't getting a great reputation do that kind of sneaky underhanded stuff and yet smile you know snake oil salesman that's what you're dealing with you got good ones you got bad ones and then you just got pure old rotten ones okay and 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 it's like any other business out there chris and i think you're you know you've seen that over the last 10 years you know you got to keep your mouth shut a lot of times, but sometimes you just want you want you want to get on top of that mountaintop and, and scream, "Hey, 
this is all the stuff that you people don't know, <laughs> the things that go on. And there's a lot. I try to keep my mouth shut, and I try to make great games. Yeah. People can have fun. You know, I want people to be diverted from everyday problems. Right. I want people not, to not more problems. Everyday problems, you know? Right. I'd rather be thinking about how can I kill Cthulhu? How can I, you know, uh, go get – how do I get that evil Dr. Lobo? You know, because – then you forget about your everyday problems. Mm-hmm. You know, now you're in the story. You're in you're 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 in a movie. Yeah. You know, you're being somebody else. That, that's your dream. That's what I really want. I don't yeah. really the rest of it. You know, I, I say. I, I mean, I, I have a tendency to, uh, on Sundays to talk about it, but the rest of the time, it's how can I take you away from? Oh dear God, how am I going to pay my mortgage? Oh dear God, how am I going to make my car payment? Friday, we can't afford to go go out to dinner, but I guess we can get this pizza in. And Rob helped us make this smart decision on this game that was affordable for us. We could sit here and do this this Friday night as a family and just forget about everything for a day or two. You know, just yeah. try to make sure that they make smart decisions. You know, that's the goal. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll scream on Sunday, you know, my vlog, I'll scream all day long about, hey, keep keep your money in your pocket and, and go buy yourself a game. Stop donating to people. Don't donate to me. Don't donate to this one or that one. I don't say people particular. I mean, there's some people, if you really believe it, if it's if it's TV for you, then make that your your cable payment. OK, yeah. if you use it that way. OK. Thank you for doing things. There's certain people that that do this and do a great job and help a lot of people and do a lot of good things. You know, you think about the big the big channels; they do it better than anybody, and it's like watching TV. So, you know, I get it. But you know, some guy that's you know, well, if I can't make a video, I you know, if I don't get paid, I can't make videos. Oh, bullshit! <laughs> you can make a video. You turn on the camera and you sit there and you talk. It's as simple as that. I work a full-time job. Matter of fact, I just got home from my job. I left at 1 o'clock this morning, okay? Drove home, turned on that thing, and we just talked for an hour. That's right. Okay? Then when I get off this, I'm going to have to edit this and get this ready for Wednesday, okay? Then I got to film a few more things, and then I'm going to go to bed and do it all over again. (laughs) Yep. It's called hard work. You love You love telling the people what's going on. You love talking to people. Yeah. You love games. You love the fans. You just want to, you want to do it, you know? And when you want to do something, when you love something, it's a lot easier to do, Mm -hmm. you know? Do I love doing all the accounting work? Do I love logistics? No, it's hard work. I love getting the games out. And I love seeing people's faces when they come and see me at a convention and Mm -hmm. the eyes are all lit up and they say that that's their favorite game. Or if they've seen like Big Trouble Little China for the first time, and they're like, "Oh my God, there's a Big Trouble Little China game," you know, I love that. It's a great feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not hand over fist money. I'm a multi-billionaire with a Rolls Royce. That's not why I make board games. I could I could be a stockbroker or something else, some kind of other kind of crooked job, uh, or you know something else. You know, I don't mm-hmm. have to be a crook stockbroker. I could be a, a good guy stockbroker, but I could I could be doing anything else. Right to, to try to become some kind of mil- billionaire, you know, millionaire. I'm not. I don't do it for that. You don't. Right. You, you don't make videos to become a millionaire. You you make this. You make these things because it's something you love. Yeah. 
you believe you, you're providing a service to people. And I think that's the best thing that you, if you have that mentality, everything else comes. You know, I'll never be a Rodney. I'll never be this, that, and the other. But I'll always be me. And that's good enough for me. That's the message that goes back to the 2012. Yeah. Just be exactly. true to what everything Epic's trying to make. Make epic games that tell a story and mm -hmm. do what's best for the story. Do what's best for what people will love. Well, speaking of Epic, make sure that you go over to the, the website. Take a look at their fantastic catalog. You can order it. Chris will get it out to you quickly. I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. I promise you. From librarians to Smirch to Upzone to all the other things. We didn't even talk about half the games that, that he has out there. The, the vampire uh, game there, that, that huge, massive role-playing game, which is an, an experience for everybody. So many fantastic games from such a, a fantastic and dedicated small publisher. Chris, I can't thank you enough for joining me here today. We've talked for over an hour, and it feels like it was 10 minutes as usual. It's, but, it's, uh, been, a, it's been a pleasure and an honor to be with you. I'm here anytime. Happy to always talk to you just for fun at any time and any day. Coming up, I'm going to the UK Games Expo to see my fans um, out in the UK and yeah. Europe. I'm going to be doing that first week of June. And after that, of course, I'll be at the one and only Gen Con, which I hope to see you there. And yeah. who want to come see us, I, I, as I said, I do it to make amazing games and for the fans. Mm -hmm. if, if, you heard, if you hear this at all, if you, if you listen to this at least a little for, for five seconds, if you heard this, if you hear the end, Come say hi at Gen Con if you're in the U.S. Come say hi at a convention. You don't have to buy a game. You don't have to demo a game unless you want to. If you want to come demo a game, play a game, feel free. Just say, come say hi. Come talk to us. We want to see you. That's why we do this. Because we love people who play board games and who play tabletop games. That's well, what there you have it. There you have it. Chris, thanks so much. And as always, folks, until next time, you can find this on our podcast that goes up on Wednesday. And also, you'll be seeing this. Well, hopefully you're watching this now on Wednesday. So until next time, it's your old pal, Rob. We'll see you soon, everybody. Well, there you have it. Uh, boy, we covered a lot of material. Uh, and, you know, make sure that you stop by everythingepicgames.com. Uh, check out all their wares. Um, it could be a little confusing going to the store and things like that. But if you use the old website, uh, you can take a look at their entire, entire catalog, see what they have available that you can purchase. Uh, we've got some things go working with them uh, coming down the pike. So uh, stay tuned for that. Next week, we'll be back. Um, we've got a lot of information to cover. And uh, I re I'm really enjoying doing these podcasts. I hope you are as well. Until next time, it's your old pal Rob saying, we'll see you soon, everybody. <laughs>